0: From the Hollywood Improv in luscious Los Angeles, California, it's the Nighttime Show! With us as always, our head writer Matt Walker, I'm the voice of the Nighttime Show, Mike Black, and we of course have our host, but we'll get to him in a moment because we have a very special guest, Legendary star of stage and screen, three-time Emmy winner, star of the West Wing, Cabin in the Woods, and the Academy Award-winning film Get Out, Bradley Whitford. And now a man who puts all the donuts in the sunken place, Stephen Kramer Glickman!
1: (laughs) Oh my god.
0: That was amazing! Oh
1: my Lord, I know, right? It's a lot of energy. He puts out all yeah. that's Mike Black, Mike Black, really is a hell of an announcer. I'll be
0: very quiet the rest of the show. <laughs> Thank
1: you. I might, I might even nap. He's got to rest
2: his voice now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Bradley Whitford. It is an What's absolute
3: up? honor, sir. This is so cool. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm very excited uh, to be here a uh, little warning uh, had a root canal uh, oh. this morning. Oh. So there's a tiny bit of pain
2: medication
3: going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: understandable.
2: Quick, ask him, so, ask him the craziest questions right now okay. before where's I would yeah, love yeah, to yeah. know
0: what that intro sounded like on pain medication. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm glad I had it just for the
3: intro.
1: <laughs> have, now, during, like, quarantine and all this stuff that's been happening, have you been working at all? Or are you... Wh- what are you doing during this time to, you know, for yourself?
3: Uh... You know, I, I, it's been, it's been an interesting time. I'm I, I, I had the uh, odd experience of working on one of the first sort of uh, SAG-sanctioned movies, a movie called Songbird, mm-hmm. uh, which takes place during a pandemic, which kind of allowed <laughs> it to be shot. It was it was oh, really no. bizarre. Oh my god! Um, and you know all these new protocols are, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's really, it's intense. Everybody's, you know, suited up like they're going into surgery and there's like (laughs) three different levels of sterility. And, you know, once you get to the highest level, it's just the actors who have been tested and take their masks off. Um, and we just had a big meeting because we're going back on uh, handmaid's tale and they're very, serious uh, about it in canada and by serious i mean rational mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh yeah um,
1: i have a lot of my family in canada and in montreal if you don't live in uh, the building like in the you know in the apartment building you're not allowed into the building it is it's it's like every it's like basically a, a full you know no guests allowed, kind of thing, and it's yeah. kept every because the elderly population there is just is you know it's big. So they yeah. they've yeah. done a great job.
2: Are there. you sure it's not just they told your family that nobody was allowed, <laughs> so they didn't have to hang out with them? Is that what it could be. It's possible. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> just your family. They're, like, they're just yes, annoying. Just, we
3: don't <laughs> know. They're like they're like, but oh, they yeah. won't they they won't let you in without like a, a two weeks quarantine. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh and. Uh, and I realized somehow I live in a world where I get more house arrest time than Roger fucking Stone. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh my God.
1: Are you Are you looking forward to getting back to uh, *Handmaid's Tale*? Uh,
3: you know, creatively, yes. Uh, you know what it does, and they are wonderful. Uh, they understand, you know, usually I would just go back and forth. I have a, a daughter going into her senior year in high school, uh, and normally I would zip up, shoot, you know, zip right back. <laughs> um, but now it's a little more difficult. But They've been very helpful sort of clustering uh, the shooting. But, yeah, I mean, th- that show is, is an extraordinary acting experience. Oh, yeah. Oh wow! But uh, since you guys are comedians, uh, let me uh, let me tell you one funny thing from that set. As you <laughs> know, uh, the Canadians are stereotypically and genetically the kindest, sweetest human beings on the planet.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
3: uh, and then I don't know if you've seen *Handmaid's Tale*, but the material's a little rough.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you could say that. So,
3: <laughs> so the contrast—like you'll be on the set and. The ad will uh, uh, will walk up to you and go, "Hey, uh, I don't I don't want to rush you, but uh, I think we should get the nooses on the girls." <laughs> <laughs> it's a very bizarre, <laughs> very oh my bizarre god,
1: contract. god. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. What do you? I know that you've you've gotten to spend some time with Elizabeth Moss on that. What's uh what's she like to? to work with.
3: I got to tell you, uh, you know, I, I have the job. I have no reason to, uh, blow smoke up her ass. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I I find what she is doing on and off screen creatively to be, um, honestly, the most impressive thing I've, I've encountered (laughs) in Mm -hmm. show business. I mean, she's doing, that the degree of difficulty on that part, you know, it's Sophie's Choice. The series,
2: yeah, is, yeah, is is
3: is basically what what she's going through. She is involved in every draft of every script. Uh, she spends her one day off um, going over shots uh, wow. for the next week. She, I've never heard an unkind. Or a pretentious word uh, come out of her mouth. It's the, the atmosphere on the set is kind, gentle, loose, funny. She'll do these amazing takes, you know, with the camera grinding down. Is there a is there a drumbeat happening now? I, I'm hearing it clicking. And oh, I sorry, can... it's
2: just my. I think my phone was getting a text message in, so let me clear that out. I, uh, my notification is turned off, but sometimes it doesn't do what I tell it to. So.
3: Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. It'd be really funny if I just went nuts and said this is really <laughs> You're like, fuck this! How respectful!
1: <laughs> We're talking about my goddamn Handmaid's Tale here! We're
0: talking about my career! <laughs> I'm trying to tell you how kind and giving one of my fellow actors is, and you're ruining it! <laughs> She is so kind <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just
3: laughs> uh, no, she is, uh, I've, I, I, you know, and there are actors who are producers and executive producers, uh, who are basically just actors who kind of got another credit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know that because I've been that guy. <laughs> uh, um, but she, I've never seen anyone uh, uh, so involved. And she was uh, – I, I had been saying to her, uh, you need to direct. I mean – and she's like, oh, you know, I don't know. I, and it, it, I, it, I was like, you're so ready. And it was right in the middle of her episode uh, that we shut down. So we'll go back. But I, I, you will I, – I, I, nobody has blown me away in their – Sort of passion, their kindness, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And I met her when she was, uh, you know, seventeen on the West Wing. Wow! So, oh
1: God.
4: so how yeah. does
1: because well, she, she's going to be a on, filmmaker? And on West Wing, you you uh, took a swing and wrote an episode of that show. Did you did you write on or did wrote you get credit? Two.
3: You did. Uh, I wrote two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's an amazing story. Uh, one of the truly unsung heroes of the West Wing experience uh, was John Wells, uh, who – the only way we were able to do that show, and Aaron was able to do it the way he wanted to, um, and Tommy – uh, Tommy Schlawny, our executive producer. Go ahead. Laugh at the <laughs> name. Uh, um, the only way we were able to have the freedom that we had uh, from network interference uh, was because John Wells put all of his ER swing uh, around us uh, yeah. and allowed Aaron to work the only way Aaron knows how. Um uh, which is an extraordinarily risky way to write, you basically you, to do a show. You've got one person mm-hmm. um, who uh, does not write ahead, uh, is not the kind of guy who can operate in a system where you map out a season and then you, and then you fill it in. Um, it's a, a kind of a hair-raising way to do a television show. You know, yeah. Aaron used to walk around and say, I swear to god, if if anybody has an idea for a teaser, I'll give them $10,000. <laughs> oh,
2: so he's doing like the Coppola ending of Apocalypse now, just sort of let's see what happens kind of. Well, yeah, I, there are real
3: it's interesting because there's real virtues Uh, To it, what's Mm -hmm. what's most amazing that I want to express is that John Wells, this goes against the way any responsible uh, (laughs) showrunner would allow a show to be run. You you should have a team. You Mm -hmm. should be working, you know, five scripts ahead. Uh, And the reason I'm talking about this is because I asked John, like, how were you uh, able to, um, you know, have a show run the opposite way? Of the way you truly believe a show should be run, and uh, John said, uh, because uh, you have to go with the talent, and uh, Aaron's you know, Aaron was a freak, mm-hmm. uh, and brilliant, and uh, a better writer than uh, than I could be. John was always very sort of self deprecating and in a very astute way understood that Aaron was a singular talent who needed to work in a singular way. And what you get from that is, um, Aaron, like uh, Donna, played by Janelle Maloney, uh, he wasn't writing ahead. So this character that was hired for one day in the pilot, Aaron is watching the dailies and going, oh, that's cool. There's something going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Aaron really was able to um, uh, watch the actors and sort of learn how to exploit them in the best sense of the word. Like, right? Uh, in a way, he wouldn't have been able to if he um, had planned out the season. Yeah, if it's mapped uh, out,
2: then there's no opportunity to bring her back. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. look at
3: you know, like, uh, we were talking
1: the other day about David Milch and mm-hmm. and and how Milch would write on set, like as like kind of write as they yeah. were working. Yeah. And Aaron Sorkin is one of the only other people of of that you know caliber who has right. been you know doing this for like that uh, long.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, what what Aaron did will never happen again. Um, yeah. Uh, Aaron wrote uh, 22 episodes uh, 22 hours uh, which is basically the equivalent of 11 feature films yeah Man. every not every nine months for four years. No one will
2: <laughs> oh my no God. one will ever
3: <laughs> ever do it again. And yeah. the first year he also wrote 22, half-hour sports nights. I, I mean, he was just Oh, like, yeah. God. Holy shit. Uh, like, how does he have time it, to do anything? It's crazy. Well, it was insane, and he's, you know, he was, you know, an obsessive, um, brilliant guy, you know, uh, just uh, on a tear. Well, and...
0: Yeah, yes. it, it's amazing that so much of what you're saying about that process and about uh, the writer and the showrunner... Uh, was translated into your character and Matthew Perry's in Studio 60,
3: right? Right. And well, when I right, first because- saw that
0: and saw like that, oh, his character is going to write the whole season. I was like, horseshit. No one could do that. <laughs> and then I learned more about it, and I was like, oh my god, somebody did that, but with a much more complicated show.
3: Yeah. You know, yeah, a real, a really, really complicated show. But then. Uh, understandably after four years, Aaron, um, uh, I mean, I remember we're sitting in the Roosevelt room and, you know, Aaron and Tommy are coming in. We, we all see the look on their faces and we're like, Oh my God. Uh, and they were telling us that they were leaving at the end of the year. Um, and we all felt like, you know, branch Davidians. if like David correct. said. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like just burn like down pra- <laughs> yeah like where are you going man like, like I I'm not sure we can do it without you
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh and John was incredibly gracious when that happened he wrote the first scripts because he wants to follow Aaron Sorkin yeah uh man. first script back he said at the read through he said I feel like Ethel merman's understudy <laughs> um, and then uh I uh I About a year and a half after that, I was about to direct, um, and I had a story idea, and I went to John's office, uh, because there's a wonderful writer named Eli Addy, who's a dear friend, and I had an idea for a script, and I just wanted to know if I could work on it with Eli, and that that might be the episode that I direct, And, and, and John said what's the idea? I told him, he said, write an outline. I said, I don't know what that means. He said, <laughs> <"W-> <laughs> write, uh, just tell me the story in a page. And he called me in the next day. He said, make it three pages. And then he said, make it five pages. And then he said, okay. Um, uh, I won't let you di- I, he doesn't let people direct what they've written, uh, which is uh, a good policy, but he said, <laughs> I think your idea, uh, I like your idea better than mine. If you can give me, um, 70 pages in, in a week, uh, I'll put it on TV. And if you crash and burn, um, you know, I'll take over. Wow. So Amazing. I, it, it, I, it was terrifying, you know, I was shooting, but, um, it was a couple of all nighters. Um, and it was very bizarre going mm-hmm. from having never kind of written anything. And then two weeks later, you know, Alice and Janney's performing a monologue. <laughs> wow. That you wrote. That you wrote. <laughs> yeah, which, which was intense. And then John, um, that first experience was really good. And then John invited me uh, into the writer's room to go through the normal process. In mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, that writer's room, was an amazing place you know it's like lawrence o'donnell john wells is like a you know a great new yorker yeah. editor N- nobody is better yeah at you know s- you know sitting in a room so that was <laughs> that was an amazing experience
2: I'll, I'll say the last three minutes of the podcast is better than anything sid field ever wrote yeah, yeah, <laughs> ever learning how to do a script exactly
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, uh, real quick before we continue the show, um, I want to talk about a third-generation, family-run business that I am very proud to be working with. Uh, Sennheiser is the number one, number (laughs) top-tier microphone uh, company in the Mm -hmm. world. And we are so lucky that we are now recording our show using Sennheiser microphones and their headphones. Mm -hmm. It's awesome.
2: We're we're talking into Sennheiser MD-42 microphones and using Sennheiser HD-25 headphones, and these sound amazing.
0: I mean, listen to Mike Black's voice. Listen to the rich and sumptuous soundscape that comes out of my voice every time I speak into a Sennheiser.
1: Absolutely. Go check out uh, their microphones and their sound equipment over at Sennheiser.com. All right, let's get back to the show. (laughs) Um, I I, I got a question for you about... um, this is a memory that I have, and I wanted mm-hmm. to see if if you would remember this or not. But oh, uh, that was uh, one it. crazy <laughs> night; man. It, it really was. Steven I, had a root canal, and he was on a lot of pain yeah. medication. Still can't <laughs> believe it happened. Um, Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip uh, had a screening of the pilot episode at uh, the Screen Actors Guild, and the and you and the I believe you and the rest of the cast most of the cast was there, including um, uh, Matthew Perry. And uh, do do you remember that at all or not really?
3: Yeah. No, I I, I do remember it because Matt, who can make me laugh harder than almost any other human being, uh, I paused, as I am told I do often when I speak, (laughs) Uh, which is funny because I sort of got famous for talking fast, but in
2: life, I'm, you know. You're uh, William blind. Shatner in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I, I, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of odd pauses, and I remember I paused for a second, and Matt said, uh, you realize we're still here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt I, I have to tell you. Matt, Matt told me the funniest story. <laughs> He, and I don't think he would, he would have a problem with me saying this. He, um, you know, Matt's went through very difficult stuff. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Matt was um, at one point, you know, kind of a movie star. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it looked like, you know, he was kind of getting, you know, big parts uh, in movies. And then before Studio 60, that had kind of gone away. Um, You know, he was dealing with personal issues and everything. And he called his agents at at, uh, CAA. And, you know, he's made a lot of money for them, clearly, over the years. And he said, Can I just get the whole team uh, together uh, in a room? I just I just really, it's important for me to just kind of get something clear. And they're like, yeah, sure, you know, of course, of course. So all these agents go, <laughs> go into this, like, meeting room. And Mac goes, uh, listen, I understand. I, I, I'm just trying to get a clear view of the horizon here. Um, I'm not being offered leads in movies anymore, am I? And there's this kind of uncomfortable pause, and they kind of go, well, no, no. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, and I'm, I'm imagining <laughs> it's hard to get me an audition uh even for some of those things because of the stuff that's been going on and they're like yeah yeah it's a little tough and he's like it's basically the same thing for kind of supporting parts i'm not getting offered them and they don't really want me to audition is that true and they're and they're kind of squirming in their their chairs uh and they go yeah i mean to be honest you know to be frank yeah that's what's happening right now and he said um Right, so here's my question. Am I allowed to go to the movies?
4: (laughs) 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 Wow. That's so funny. Uh,
3: Anyway, I love uh, him a lot, uh, and he's a a, a heroic, battle-tested guy, but man, is he funny. Oh, oh, there is, somewhere on YouTube, We're, we're doing one of these satellite tours where you like get up at five and you have like 70, you know, two minute interviews with places all over, all over the country. And this, uh, we're really punchy and like two hours into it. And, um, this guy ends his question with like, um, you know, both of you guys are known, um, for uh, the characters uh, you, you played in Friends and in West Wing. Um, when you're moving on to something like this, is it hard to, to shake th- uh, that character? And I just was so tired. I said, well, you, you shook your Chandler this morning, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a stupid <laughs> joke. But so, somewhere on YouTube, you can, we just completely <laughs> fall. Oh my
0: god. Oh
1: my god
0: So I have a friend who is a super fan uh, The lovely and talented Laura Valdivia She would have murdered me if I didn't ask you About the ER episode you did Love's Labor's Lost
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and, Well, and that's yeah. uh, That's when I first met uh, John Wells Yeah uh, Yeah, that was a Like uh, That That when you just hear a description of the episode you know that this is going to be intense and uh, when you read the episode uh, and then it was especially when it first came out um, I mean I haven't seen it since it first came out but wow uh, it's it's very very upsetting um uh, it, it's incredibly hard to watch I mean it's it, what, <laughs> As, what happens in the
1: – in the what's the main ba-
3: – Basically, um, a, it, what seems like an incidental story of a complicated labor goes totally, totally south. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I, there's a really interesting thing that happens in the end of that, which I think is a, a storytelling lesson um, that I thought they did really well. There's a moment where – I mean, this thing was on like 20 years ago. So yeah, people still talk <laughs> I, I, about it. It was that. I, I, so I, I don't think I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything. But no, no, uh, yes. The uh, Tony Edwards character comes up, and um, I am with my newborn child, and he is delivering the news uh, that uh, my wife has died. Right.
0: Giving birth to.
3: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right. Right. They they got the baby out, and then. Um, Uh, She had eclampsia, and she died. So here's a scene that is written where Tony comes in and gives me the worst imaginable news. And we shoot it as you, you know, we shoot Tony's side. uh, We shoot my side. There's this very, you know, it gets very emotional uh, and very raw. And then if you watch the episode, what they did was – they cut out all the music. They, um, you have Tony walking down corridors, walk, and the audience knows he's got to deliver this news. And wow. instead of coming in to see how difficult it is for him and how, uh, you know, horrific it is for me. You see it from about thirty feet back, and you see him talking to me, and then you see my posture change. Mm-hmm. and And it's really interesting because you very often, uh, when you leave it to the audience, when you don't show them absolutely everything, yeah, their imagination is so much more powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and it was just a really interesting uh, uh, mini leader. The great director uh, directed that, and it uh, and I always think of that um, the sort of brilliance of laying back um, and watching the horror from afar, which makes you fill in. Uh, with you, with your own yeah. imagination,
2: and that's yeah. that's very different from the first time you worked with Anthony Edwards on Revenge of the Nerds too.
3: Nerd colon <laughs> nerds in
1: paradise. Yes, hey, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs>
1: Nice transition, yes. Mr. Walker. <laughs> very nice, sir. Yeah. yeah,
2: as, yeah as the you know, biggest I, nerd I, <laughs> in the room, I kind of want to talk about a movie that inspired me when I was younger.
3: By <laughs> by the way, uh, for all the uh, you know people always say, well, how did you meet Aaron Sorkin? How did I get the West Wing? Mm-hmm. I uh, was cast in uh, Revenge of the Nerds, to Colin Nerds at Paradise. <laughs> uh, and uh, Tim Busfield yep. uh, oh, yeah. was in it. And I was real snobby. I was like, I, you know, I, all I was playing, I would joke that, uh, I remember saying to my agent, is this gonna hurt my career? And my agent goes, <laughs> You, you don't have a career to hurt. <laughs> uh, I met Tim uh, Busfield. Tim and I are sort of theater rats. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played uh, Poindexter in the film, yes. correct? Poindexter. One of the most beautiful moments uh, uh, <laughs> in the film comedy history mm-hmm. is when they're all napping and it's like a panning shot. <laughs> and you go by Poindexter and he's got an erection it's just,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just beautiful
3: that's some deep uh, character work yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: they didn't leave it so to t- the imagination that no. director
3: <laughs> Tim and I started hanging out we went to the theater festival in Louisville and uh, Tim ended up replacing Tom Hulse in A Few Good Men and oh god we have to get to Josh Molina But, um, oh, my God. Uh, And uh, Tim said to Aaron, you should look at this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I got cast as sort of the Kevin Bacon part when Tim was the Tom Cruise part. And then Aaron uh, really kind of went to bat for me. Usually replacements in Broadway shows are, no offense to me, washed up television actors, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, right. And, and he really fought uh, for me to have that part. So I got to play it for like, I don't know, seven months or something. My dressing room was bigger than my apartment. Now, was that um, your first
0: Broadway show?
3: Yeah, I had done. Uh, oh, man, I get good. I, 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 I had done off Broadway <laughs> yeah. um, and I'd done a lot of regional theater, but that was my first Broadway show. Did
0: you feel a big difference between the two?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, replacing in a, going into a Broadway show, I mean, I guess I do want to, you know, you guys do it too. I mean, yeah. public speaking, standing up in front of people, terrifying like I've spent my life doing things that are. Uh, generally thought of as, you know, terrifying uh, (laughs) in terms of like getting nervous. Nothing is scarier than going into a Broadway play because you, you only rehearse with the stage manager and then you do one put in with a cast that does not want to be at the put in rehearsal. And then, (laughs) and then you jump on this train which you know in that case was you know sort of every other line for you know 2 hours and 40 minutes it was terrifying oh wow, yeah. that's not easy yeah. and and
2: that there are people great. that have probably seen the show a bunch of times that that will know if you make a single tiny mistake
3: yeah there's nothing more difficult to negotiate for me as an actor as when you're rehearsing you're coming into a new situation in a play yeah. with people who've been doing it for a while and they're in the scene acting with you and you can see that they really are not sure if you're ever going to be any good. Wow. What other,
1: what other shows have you done on Broadway?
3: Uh, I, Oh, I did uh, Boeing Boeing with Mark Rylance. Who, mm-hmm. wow. Oh, you want to hear a good story? <laughs> oh my God. Of yes. course. Come yes. on. J- do you know who Mark Rylance is? Yes, uh, yes. Um, you know he's won. Uh, what was it? The Spies movie. Uh, he won an Oscar for. Yeah,
1: Bri- he did Bridge oh. of Spies, uh, right. Dunkirk, Ready Player
0: One. Yeah. a ton of stuff.
3: Yeah, and he is pretty inarguably the greatest stage actor of you know of my generation. He was running the Globe in London. When he was uh, 30 years old, he's played, wow. ha- uh, you know, Hamlet a dozen times. Every every role he's played, the women, and <laughs> w- he's this very bizarre <laughs> combination of the most technically proficient actor on the planet, uh, and it, it, and at the same time it's like you're working with a cat. Like if any, (laughs) he will, it it actually was a real acting, it, it really changed the way I think about acting because I realized you try to figure out what's so brilliant about this guy and what he's constantly doing is trying to remain innocent to the moment while simultaneously fulfilling the external technical um demands of of the scene that you're doing but if anything happens uh and it makes him great to do a long run with because if you change your performance at all he's right with it like he's mm-hmm. there oh, cool. he's absolutely in the moment so the play uh, it's a sex farce it's the stupidest <laughs> most joyous <laughs> like profoundly unimportant deeply shallow sex farce okay <laughs> And it's set in um, like 1960 uh, in Paris. And um, he, uh, like, he, we'd be sitting, doing all this exposition at the beginning, and if somebody's cell phone went off, he would turn out toward the audience, look back at me and go, what is, what is that sound? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you'd have to say, I think I said that's a sound from the future, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and then, and then you would get him back on board. So this is the mm-hmm. story, and this is worth it. I know it's a long run up. No,
0: it's so, <laughs> no, I'm fascinated.
3: Six. Uh, I've been doing it for like six months. Uh, you know, eight times a week. And he's downstage towards the audience. I'm upstage. He's backlit, and we're doing the scene at the beginning of the play. And I can see, and it's not a little fly. It's like a deer fly is on his hair. He can't feel it, oh, no. but, it's, but it's backlit. <laughs> and so it looks like a mo- uh, like he has a, you know, a, a tumorous monster on his head. <laughs> and he sees my eyes kind of giggle. We don't go off the words at all. Mm-hmm. but he sees my eyes kind of giggle. He kind of cocks his eyes, and I indicate to him, you know, just casually that there's something on his head. Um, it's a total nothing moment. Uh, He shoes the fly away. We walk off 20 seconds later. We don't even mention it. (laughs) I'm off stage, uh, you know, doubting myself. He (laughs) is uh, on stage alone. And he would often, you would hear these kind of weird laughs. He's sort of exploring this apartment. And I start hearing really bizarre laughs that start to like, and I'm looking up at the monitor going, God, what the fuck is he doing out (laughs) there? And, um, and there are these crescendos, crescendos, and then this huge ooh and ah, you know, release. So, uh, I don't know, but he has poured himself a a glass of fake scotch and he's looking around the apartment and he sees the fly and he starts following the fly
4: mm-hmm.
3: and he gets the fly. All these oos and ahs are happening because he has gotten the fly to land on the lip of the glass. And he has tilted the glass. So it looks like he gave the fly a drink. And then he releases the fly into the air in an orgasmic <laughs> released because <laughs> we are now in theater. You know we're in church with the theater god yeah. Mark Rylands, right? Wow. I know none of this. I'm just standing back there and uh, thinking, what the fuck is he doing? And I have to do this kind of like Kramer farce quick entrance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the moment comes. Uh, the laughter is just die. Peals of laughter die down. My cue comes. I come on. I I, I come on stage fly lands on my shoulder I kill it because <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I didn't know <laughs> that he's, he's dating the fly <laughs> <laughs> and the, I'm telling you it was the, the sound from the audience was like <laughs> laughter and and it was like a white <laughs> white carpet and there is this like legs up dead massive oh, no. oh, my and God. i i start going up his legs and sure enough i mean it was like a, a solid two minutes of the audience going nuts and I, i'm scared to look at his face i get up to him sure enough he's weeping Oh, oh my wow. God! And, and I'm like, "Are you Are you okay?" Uh, and he says, "Why did you kill my fly?" You know. And oh. <laughs> we go off script uh, for like for like two minutes, just uh, talking about why people kill flies. And I was upset because I'm a Quaker. I was raised Quaker. Mm-hmm. I don't kill flies. I take oh. them outside. Uh, yeah.
1: Anyway, that wow! <laughs> <my laughs> oh, that was amazing. That is
3: amazing. Wow! It was uh, a crazy moment.
1: Hey, uh, a quick thing I want to talk about, uh, Mike Black. I, I think this is uh, something that we we really should talk about, yeah. and uh, it's a um, a company yes. that was founded in 1983 in Tokyo, Japan. Of course, I'm talking about the Zoom Corporation. Zoom. uh Now, if if it wasn't for Zoom, and Matt knows this, we would not be able to do our show. Um, They make. The best audio equipment in the world, um, we, w- which one are we using right now? We,
2: we're recording onto a Zoom Live Track L8 right now, and when we go do our live events at conventions and stuff, we often use the Zoom H6, and they're both just fantastic pieces of equipment. You plug your microphones in, you plug your headphones in, and you're good to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, whether you're a classically trained pianist or a run-and-gun filmmaker or a podcaster like, uh, you know, like us. Um, yep. Yeah.
0: I do a ton of podcasts, and I can tell by listening when they're using a zoom and when they're not. Yeah. It's the uh, mark of excellence. It
1: yeah. really is. Uh, go check it, uh, go check out all their stuff over at zoom-na.com. That's zoom-na.com. Be professional for God's sake. zoom-na.com. All right. Okay, let's get back to the show. Well, Brad, uh, uh, you're to to keep on the topic of of theater, you are uh you are currently Uh, in pre-production or attached in pre-production to place Mr. Stephen Sondheim in Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, tick-tick boom about the life of Jonathan Larson, the guy who uh, wrote the musical Rent. Yes. And uh, and on top of that, you got Andrew Garfield uh, in there and you got Judith Light and Vanessa Hudgens. Like, that that fucking, this fucking thing is going to be a monster. Uh, I
3: I can't wait. We were supposed to be Uh, You know, shooting it, Um, and uh, we're supposed to be shooting it in March. There's a rumor we're going back uh, in October, (laughs) but yeah, I'm dying to do that. Lynn is truly one of the, just the sweetest human beings on the planet, always, we had the same... A crazy, brilliant acting teacher uh, at radically (laughs) different times uh, (laughs) at the at Wesleyan, where I went to college. Uh, So we, you know, kind of. I mean, I remember, like originally, Hamilton was going to be like an album. You know, Lynn would say, "You know, I think it's, you know, I think it's an album. I don't think it's a play." And you're, you know, and you're like, what is it? And it's like, oh, it's a, it's a hip hop uh, thing about the, about the founding fathers and. And you're
4: like, oh, good
3: for you! Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had I had uh, I actually met
1: Jonathan Larson um, when oh, you're kidding. when Randy Newman uh, had written a musical called Faust. Yeah. and he put I it up I love Faust. Yeah, oh, amazing! And he put it up at La Jolla Playhouse, and I grew up yep. in San Diego, so I went to like the opening night of it, and Jonathan Larson was there because they were going to be doing Rent. And he was... It wasn't... Rent was only like being workshopped at the time and I was on the little balcony at, at, uh, at the theater and standing next to him and I was like oh what are you working on he was like oh they're gonna do my musical I'm working on this thing called rent and it's really it's it's doing well in New York and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be something and I was like I was like oh that's that's fun for you like I totally <laughs> totally blew it blew it off like it was right. absolutely not yeah. and it wasn't until yeah. you know he passed Asked that I was like oh my oh my god oh my god, god that conversation god. was insane yeah wow. but
3: yeah. yeah oh my god I remember the night that um that he died and how it resonated with everything that that play was about um Ugh. but and I know he means the world to uh to Lynn
1: yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I mean, what rent is, what rent was is what Hamilton is currently. It's that, it's that, like that kind of energy of people yeah, waiting days and days sorta. to, you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 um, you know, it's one of those, you know, once in a generation things that, that, uh, totally changes, the theater and uh, updates it, you know, like Mm -hmm. chorus line, uh, you know, it's the, you know, what chorus line Mm -hmm. uh, Rent, and Hamilton that, you know, change everything, man. When I saw Hamilton, I, 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 he, uh, he invited me. um, And uh, you know, I knew he was brilliant. I'd heard everything about it. Um, you know, I knew the conceit of it, but oh, my God, I I, I just started cr- I, I, crying. I mean, it's it, it, not just a hip hop treatment of this. I mean, the, the songwriting in that is is just staggering. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, this is not a unique reaction to that, but. Yeah.
0: No, but I, I just saw it myself for the first time on Disney Plus like a week ago and tried to explain it to my dad so poorly (laughs) that he may (laughs) never see it. But, uh, it just, the effect it had on me, I couldn't believe it. I I was like, this really is incredible. It's amazing how,
1: how some musicals do that. Like I took my mom and my aunt and my uncle and all of us went together to go see book of Mormon. Uh, and, and it, we, I watched my <laughs> uh, <Yes>. my <laughs> elderly aunts and uncles crying, crying in the audience with laughter where they couldn't breathe anymore because wow. it was just so you know, fucking amazingly funny. <laughs> like it's just, yes. oh man, my god! Man, it's yeah, life, life theater is magical. Yes,
0: yes,
3: yes. I have to. Well, ask and cause... I'll tell you something that really breaks my heart uh, now. Uh, I know, uh, you know. I talk to young actors all the time. And there's this young guy, just incredibly talented kid, um, who just got out of what is probably the best musical theater program now, which is in uh, University of Michigan, and uh, you know, he's just getting going in New York. Um, and I think Tommy Cale was going to use him in a workshop, the guy who directed Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And then now these guys just have to stop. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's terrifying to me, the thought of how long it's going to be before a bunch of 70 year olds, <laughs> um, you know, want to cram into a
2: theater. Yes, we used seriously. to joke.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, the audience is old in New York and, we used to, ju- <laughs> I did a play with <laughs> uh, uh, John Slattery and, uh, at Manhattan Theater Club, and we used to say that the theater slept
1: 499. <laughs> 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 Oh my god oh my god um we we have to touch on a couple of uh very important things um i, I, I look, very I important mean, very important uh Cabin in the woods scared yes. me so much when I saw it. I actually had nightmares for three three straight days after seeing it. uh it is a fucking incredible film. And maybe my favorite and,
0: uh, introduction to a horror film of all time. Oh yeah. absolutely you and
1: Richard Jenkins yeah classic. <laughs> What, uh, w- Jenkins. What was that like for uh, you? Uh,
3: well, listen, I, uh, Joss Wheaton is, uh, Joss Wheaton went to the, the same college um, uh, to Wesleyan, so uh, I knew Joss and, you know, it's so funny because I am so lucky. I, I You know, people, reporters will, will always say, you know, have you always been fascinated with the horror genre? And I'm like, no, like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't wait for saw 12. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, but I read, uh, I read that script and I knew all my stuff was going to be with Richard Jenkins, who I think is one of the greatest actors on the planet. Yeah. And, uh, we got to, you know, just improv and play. I made the mistake of improvising the line tequila is my lady <laughs> <laughs> anytime I walk into a bar uh, the shots uh, the shots come over but um yeah I, I I mean that was a blast and you know uh, Joss is like fearless I mean you know run and gun and um uh, I don't think there's a better sound effect gag (laughs) than the moment where the elevator arrives on the floor, goes ding and just mountains of blood and entrails (laughs) come come in. It's Um, It's so good. But that movie almost didn't come out. MGM was like in bankruptcy or something. And, It really they waited a couple of years.
0: It was so good. How did when you saw the the board that had all the names of all the different stuff, uh, like you know the (laughs) merman and the vampires (laughs) and the zombies? How close from your imagination was the final product of the film, especially the merman?
3: Well, the merman, I eventually got to meet one of the. uh, Uh, I loved that part of this, like, like just this this guy's sort of weird kind of tiger beat <laughs> obsession.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh,
3: with this creature and a kind of like tenderness around. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, maybe laugh. Um, yeah, well, I, but you, we saw like the ballerina Dentata, and. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I saw them at lunch.
1: Oh, okay. so they were on set. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. What, what else was on set? Like, cause uh, you know, and not just special effect. I'm at the unicorn. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. And the, and the,
3: and the, mer- the merman was, you know, an actual blob that, um, that, that ate me i did a you know i did a scene with it oh yeah that thing looked
0: terrifying to me in in real life i was like <laughs> yeah, that would just... that's one of the ones i would want to be killed by the least yeah <laughs> oh, yeah it's one of yeah, the things yeah, you're yeah. thinking as you're watching this movie is you know um
1: yeah we uh we got to bring up uh our dear friend Marsha gay harden mm-hmm. uh who did our show and uh told us stories about um her uh, next-door neighbor masturbating and watching her eat breakfast in the morning. Yes. Like, super fucking uncomfortable, weird, New York, amazing, yes. God-love-that-woman oh stories. Oh, my God. When she was living in New York, yeah. she, told, she like just he told... Like,
2: he was in the building across from her, and he would stand in his window naked. She was like, really? On, like, Like, the 20th floor or whatever. It was, okay. yeah, yeah, she just wow. was
1: explaining the differences of New York and to L.A. And that's when she was... Yeah.
2: That's when she was doing uh, the one you got the Tony An- for.
1: Angels in America, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, but, when,
3: when, when your name is Marcia Gay, Har- Gay Hard-On.
1: <laughs> <Yes. laughs> God, love that woman. Um, we, uh, I actually was at her house to watch uh, the first episode of Trophy Wife, mm-hmm. and it was oh, wow. so... Fucking amazing! Because she had a bunch of her friends around and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But then we we sat there and we watched it. And then she was like, "Is it? Am I funny? Was it good?" And I was like, <laughs> "Are you kidding yes, me? Yeah. Like you're incredible!" Yeah. <laughs> but it was such a great show, and you were fantastic on it. And you and just uh, just a lovely show. I thought it was so great. Uh,
3: I, I I loved doing that. You know, it's so funny because uh, I, I am basically at the point where. It's it, the, the television business is so stupid now because, <laughs> well, I guess it's, it's always been yeah. stupid, but that's a show like if you stay with it, um, you know, the, the oddest sensation when you're lucky enough to work on a television show is you realize we're building the plane while we're flying it. and uh if you don't get and that was a couple years ago where they really didn't realize that in order to build an audience now it you know it really takes time look at something like Schitt's Creek Mm -hmm. you know if, if Schitt's Creek was I'm sure they and I know that you know the networks passed on it and I'm sure they were heartbroken but they end up being given the license to sort of, you know, find the heart of the show. And then the thing becomes like a, you know, a massive hit. Mm, and I felt yeah. like that about, um, uh, about trophy wife. I felt like that about, uh, the show I just did perfect harmony, oh, which
1: uh, is a terrific show,
3: which, uh, there, I, 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 like, I'm not saying this, you know, out of desperation, but like I, I, there is no doubt in my mind that that show was going to find a thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's a different thing because you look at shows even like, say, Breaking Bad was struggling until well, it hit Netflix. Yes. And all of a sudden, then they're like, oh, people discovered it then, and then it became the biggest thing on TV. And sometimes these shows need that opportunity to like find that audience because there's so many things out there now yeah. Um and I'm watching none of them, quite frankly, but there's so many well, new products out there. And it's like, you, you need to have a chance to let people talk about it and find it and discuss it on Twitter and on Reddit, and then, right. and then it can blow up from there.
3: Yeah. I used to, you know, it's, it's a little different now, but it used to be that HBO and Showtime, if they picked you up, you had a couple of years. And what they would do is they would really save their publicity, their push for the second year. Yeah. And they would, uh, there's a there's a problem with marketing television shows. People, it's a very personal experience watching television. You're in bed with people, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and people use, the way they talk about them is instructive. They'll say, oh, that's, oh God, that's one of my shows. That's one of my, you know, Mm -hmm. that's my, my show. Nobody says that about a movie. Yeah. So you have, and they don't want to be told that this is great. All of any show that you love that changed television, nobody thought it was going to be a hit. If Mm -hmm. anybody thought that the Sopranos was going to be a 10th as successful as it was, David Chase would not have been allowed to write it. You never would have met Gandolfini. No way Brian Cranston would be cast in that. Mm-hmm. No way yep. would Vince Vince Gilligan have the freedom to um, you, you know to find it uh, absolutely uh, yeah. And I think I, I think it's very interesting that that the development people should sort of you know understand which is the really successful shows. Um, are allowed to develop on their own, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and that was that was true of Westwind just because Aaron was uh, constitutionally incapable, not uh, <laughs> not not uh, of of like taking a, taking a network note. Yeah. And so we and so then you get an actual point of view. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah,
0: it's the shows they're not looking at. The
2: Chappelle Show is a perfect example yeah. of that. You know? And then as soon as the money went in, then they're like, oh, now we're going to start messing with it. And then it was right. like, all right, yeah. well, the whole then, thing comes to an end. Yeah. Uh, exactly. We,
1: we got we to gotta talk about uh, it, it, two other films uh, before we let you go, and we'll keep them tight. We'll keep it fast and tight. First fast one. Fast and tight. Fast and tight. Fast and <laughs> Why tight. do you have to phrase it like that? I don't <laughs> know. It sounds weird, weird. now.
0: Weird.
1: Um, Oh, God. Uh, I'm hearing a
0: clicking now. Is that? No, that's, no I'm, that's, I, it's Gatorade. Oh, that's it's you Gatorade. clicking. Good. good You're good, the good. culprit clicking now. We're there trying we to go. do a
1: podcast. We're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Um, yes. You played a real person. We uh, we Our podcast actually did the Disney Legends panel. Uh, hosted the Disney Legends panel with uh, Floyd Norman and Comic-Con. Tom Sito oh, wow. at Comic Con uh, last year, and it was just—I mean, heart—just this heartwarming, like, wonderful thing to be able to like mm-hmm. to meet someone who worked on Dumbo. Is amazing. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and this must have been an uh, insane. Yeah,
3: experience. Uh, what was it Don, uh, Don Don Degrati. Yeah, Don um, yeah. Uh, and Richard Sherman was around. Mm-hmm um god he took us to this weird (laughs) uh um uh uh, god uh he took us to this weird sing-along where i was sitting at a table with richard sherman sean penn and mickey rooney
1: wow oh my god
3: Singing it's a small world after all And, and that was proving it um, If that isn't a road uh, movie I don't know what is <laughs> The four of you guys in a car I know, I know. Um, uh, That was a total Total joy uh, John Lee Hancock is. Uh, I was in his The first movie he wrote uh, Was a Clint Eastwood movie That I was in called A Perfect World
2: Amazing oh, film. Of awesome yeah. movie. Amazing movie. Which, by and... the way, I don't know if you've taken a look at the movie poster for A Perfect World, but you have to take a look at this because there's a photo of Kevin, uh, Costner. Kevin Costner, right? And he's photographed, and then there's the, the kid standing next to him, but he's drawn- his face is drawn, so when you look at it, the kid looks like a weird alien next to a like, photo of Kevin Costner. Yeah, it looks like
1: a painting <laughs> next to a. Fo- it's very. It's a very. It's amazing.
2: Bizarre in my favorite way. Poster.
3: isn't he in like a Casper? Mask. He well yeah. he
2: is in, in parts of the movie but like in this it's when he had like the striped shirt on and shorts it's because the the shot of Kevin Costner and the shot of the kid were not from the same scene in the movie so right. like right. then they took the kid and they were like hey just draw his face in there nobody's gonna notice and then now that everything's digital it's like you blow it up and you're like Oh, that's weird.
1: What is happening? Yeah,
2: it's it like the kid's face is melted. And yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's yeah. Someone's oh. cousin got to do the
0: posters. <laughs> no, wait, wait,
2: wait. I found out it's actually a legendary poster designer who did it. Like I oh, looked really? it up because oh, I was wow. curious. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, it's but, Drew Struzan's cousin <laughs> Gary Struzan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so but sorry. I love that film, well, Perfect that World. So deep
1: please, cuts. Uh, yeah. Saving
3: yeah. Mr. B- wait, B- saving Mr. Wait, ben wait, 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 wait. While we're on this
0: a little about yeah. Clint Eastwood, please.
3: Yeah. Anything. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, um, you want to, uh, oh, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> Make our day. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, it's been, me. it, I, I mean, it is uh, absolutely true that um, like y- you, it's the first take. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's and, it. Right. And, and, and uh, often you don't know the camera's on. I mean, he will uh, he'll just you know, look at his DP and go alright, go ahead. <laughs> uh, and then instead of saying cut, he'll go well, that's enough of that shit. <laughs> um, but he uh, I, it was funny because I asked him, I said it, he was the first guy I met who didn't say action. And yeah. I said why do you not say action and he with us uh, even though you're going on the first take and even though he's this you know sort of uh, iconic dude um, uh, he's very sweet he was very sweet with uh, the actors uh, mm-hmm. he always felt uh, kind of condescended to um, uh, as a young actor and directors weren't respectful and even though he wants you to go quick and get it done, he's he's very sweet. And I said, so wh- why do you not say action? And he said, well, you know, I grew up on rawhide, and people don't understand. It's really hard to get a, a horse on a mark, and <laughs> you get you get the horse on the mark, and then this idiot director goes action. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the other? Oh, I, I, I was on the set once and he's like sitting in his chair with his heart beating, you know, once every three minutes and I'm <laughs> reading the New York times. Uh, and it's right after that was the first time Costner had won the Oscar mm-hmm. in dances of wolves. And then the next year, Clint, uh, Clint had just won for unforgiven mm-hmm. and I'm reading the New York times, uh, farts and seizure section <laughs> and he's on the cover of it. And it's this iconic picture. Uh, and the headline is like Clint Eastwood's vision of America, wow. um, <laughs> which showed how his work added up to this, you know, tapestry that he was putting together about America. And I walked over and I said, Hey, did you see this? <laughs> uh, and he looks at it and he goes vision for America, Ten years ago, I was working with an orangutan, and now they think I'm Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny one.
1: That's a great. That's great. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> la- last big question we have to ask uh, before wrapping up: uh, the movie Get Out uh, ooh, is ooh. is uh, an extraordinary extraordinary film and changed the landscape of. Uh, not only film but of like the conversations that were happening in the world and yes. um, y- your role in it is, is <laughs> it's fucking am- it's so, amazing. Yeah. Crazy. So crazy. Um, what What is, how has it affected your life that like after that movie coming out, what, well anything I mean of course we want to know anything about what it was like filming it but the post of of you know what's the reaction? The, what's been to the you reaction been? to yeah. you in, in public in uh, well,
3: the world? Uh, listen, uh, listen. It is the, uh, if not the most lucky thing that ever happened to me. The second luckiest in terms of work. I totally got to be, um, the, the older version of me than audiences know in the coolest fucking movie you could imagine um and it, uh you know i don't think i would have handmaids uh without that it was a, uh, uh, oh yeah it, it was uh an incredible piece of good fortune i'll tell you i you know i remember i'm, I'm in the room where i read the script and i Uh, I had been, I was obsessed with Key and Peel, and I kept saying to my agents and my manager, I'm like, just let me do a bat. I just want to be on the set. I'll do a background cross. (laughs) Um, and I was really, uh, I I had called my agent. I was really upset because I heard the show was going off the air and I'm like, God damn it. I like, I really wanted to do that. And they said, well, actually He's interested in you for this low budget thing. Oh. Um, and then I get this uh, script. <laughs> I, I, I love how, like, I was totally wrong about everything. It had a different title then. I remember when uh, Jordan comes up to me on the set and he goes, Hey, man, um, I think I got the title. And I'm like, Oh, my God, what is it? And he goes, Get out. And I go, Are you sure? <laughs> Uh, dead, uh, you know, I'm dead wrong, yeah. dead wrong <laughs> but I read this script and I come out and I go to my wife and I'm like, Oh my God, like, um, that's, it, 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 there are scripts that are like forehead knockers that are yeah. like, like, I can't believe nobody did this. And I remember talking to him. He's like, Hey man, do you, do, <laughs> the same question do you do you love horror movies i'm like no i don't (laughs) Um, and jordan really does Mm -hmm. and it shows (laughs) he said uh when you talk to him about it you realize he's like horror movies are about um things that you can't talk about And, you know, they're about death, they're about sex, they're they're about the deepest things that we can't talk about. And clearly, race is something that we we cannot talk about. And it had been so long, I mean, really since Night of the Living Dead, I remember talking with him, that race had really been put at the center, in my experience, of a horror movie. Now, when you're reading it, I, I, I had um first of all you, when you're playing you know r- 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 an evil racist person like this
4: mm-hmm.
3: if you get it wrong it's gonna be re- <laughs> if you get the tone wrong it's gonna be awful yeah um so a- and when you're reading all the description of the sunken place on a page it's you know it's very very sort of hard hard to imagine this was a four and a half million dollar movie that we shot, I think in 22 days, which is completely, completely insane. And uh, people always say, did you know? And no, we weren't like, you know, everybody loved Jordan and wanted this to work. And we had really great actors. Uh, but we're going really fast, and you have no idea how things, you know, will cut together yeah. and everything. And then I remember he uh, he called me to loop. and I'm like, "How's the movie?" And he's like, "I think it's pretty fucking good. I think it's good. <laughs> uh, and And I remember saying, yeah, you have to think that. You've spent, you know, two years on this. By the way, the whole time we're shooting, I'm saying to him, uh, you're an idiot, man. Why are you making a movie? You could <laughs> like like television is where all the cool stuff is doing. I, the whole time I'm joking that this is a big career mistake. <laughs> <Right>. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh my god. Uh, you know because Jordan Peel like Jordan Peel could have uh, gotten a television deal after he yeah. and Peel that would have set him up for a life.
4: Yeah. And oh, he's yeah. like,
3: no, no, I re- you know I I really want to do this. We all wanted it to be good. Um, He wouldn't uh, let me watch. I just saw a little when I looped, and then he invited me up uh, to Sundance. And man, I have never, (laughs) 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 it was this midnight showing, Mm -hmm. and I have never seen the souffle rise (laughs) like that. I was just, I I was, I was, I was on. just were stunned. Were you tempted and, to
2: spend the rest of the weekend just hanging out in a cafe, like stirring a cup of coffee, banging the spoon uh, on it, <laughs> have people walk by?
3: You know what's really funny is I, um, uh, the uh, a guy who is like a set photographer was on um, Perfect Harmony, uh, taking pictures, and he had uh, worked uh, on the film. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, I stole, uh, I stole a couple of the teacups. You want one? I'm like, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I have, I have one for when people come over to date my daughter. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, but but how
3: good was Daniel in that? Oh, amazing. Oh man. Fantastic. God. And, and, and And I'm telling you, we're shooting as fast as I have ever shot in my life Mm -hmm. and every take every take that emotional that terror that he got to in that scene Mm -hmm. every take every take (sighs) wow i mean uh, uh, unbelievable that is amazing my god Uh, and jordan is the sweetest human being on the planet mm -hmm. wow
1: i mean amazing Uh, uh bradley i feel like there are so many things that We, I mean, we fucking missed RoboCop 3, you know, (laughs) like there's stuff we skipped over. We were not able to get to, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you what, uh, you are a phenomenal person and a, and a great guy to be down to, to chat like this. And your career is just a a lucky fucker, man. (laughs) It's extraordinary. And, um, I, I can't thank you enough for, for doing the show, man.
3: My pleasure. When are you guys going to be like making comedy for God's sake? Oh, Everything's again, closed. We're, we're with, sitting when at the, the improv. When the audiences come out, you know, yeah, again. Yeah, we're, we, we're, we're having a, Hollywood Improv. We're having right a discussion
2: now. with the regional manager today and she was just talking about the struggles they've had about, you know, trying to do stuff outside or whatever and what's allowed and not allowed. So it'll be next year probably before we can do anything. But we do a live version of this podcast and we'd love to have you on that
1: sometime. Oh, yeah. We, we do our show cool. live at the Holly, here at the Hollywood Improv in front of about 200 people and we interview usually about three people live on stage yeah. you know short but we do Q&A stuff where the audience can ask questions and and win oh, prizes yeah. and the, yeah and win prizes and then we finish the show off by having a band usually from the 90s mm-hmm. do their like one hit wonder like song like Lisa Loeb got up and sang mm-hmm. um, stay, stay. Yeah. Uh, the Gin, yeah, the Gin Blossoms, Blossoms got up and performed to close out the show and and uh, that all great all it's American rejects all sorts of bands have of gotten fun. up to to do yeah. cool stuff with us so maybe we'll get maybe we'll be able to get you at some point again uh, in the future
3: yeah, when, we, yeah, yeah. when we're
2: allowed do together.
3: You guys, <laughs> do you guys know uh, Vargas Mason? Oh, I, yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. I am from Colorado and we did theater together in Colorado. you Are
3: you kidding? You know he's married to my niece. Oh, oh really? That's awesome.
0: Oh, that's a, That's, that's cool. yeah, a great yeah. about as great a guy as you could meet. Yeah. So that's, I know. That's I know. Great.
3: Do, do you know Do you know this is how I tell the story. He actually doesn't have a, a real sense of humor. As much of a sense of humor about this as as i think he oh good i want to hear right. it then. do you do you know about when he uh uh he tours for the troops you know all yeah. the time yeah yeah um and he was at their this is the way i tell the story uh he was at their uh it's the biggest military base. I forget. It's got a funny name in and it's in Africa, massive American oh, okay. military base. And uh, they're taking a tour. And, <laughs> you know, this uh, this, uh, you know, low ranking guy is like, you know, giving him a tour around the base. And they're they notice their kennels. Yeah. And this is where the, the war dogs are, the dogs <laughs> that are trained for war. Wow. Uh, and somebody, uh, I think Vargas said, uh, and, you know, they got the guys in the big padded suits, uh, and they said, is it safe? And the, and the guy's like, yeah. And he said, like, could I do it? And, the, and he, go, he says, let me talk to him. And he goes and uh, he talks to a guy, and they go, yeah, yeah. So uh, they get Vargas in this, you know, that big padded suit. With the, <laughs> oh, no. You know, my God. <laughs> with the lacrosse helmet. And yeah. this – this this is the only embellishment I put on it. Uh, <laughs> the right as they're opening the door, uh, the uh, the guy says, uh, "By the uh, uh, by the way, don't run." <laughs> <laughs> no. And Var- Vargas panics and like this pack of war dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. One, like, gets in front of him, and the other one trips him and, like, dislocates his leg. Oh, my God. Holy shit. So, so, so he's, at a, he's at a base, a military base. The guy, the guy giving him the tour is now in big trouble. Yeah. Because yeah. somehow we've injured the first comedian ever,
2: you
3: know? <laughs> and, and they and they couldn't treat him on the base because he's a fucking comedian So he had to fly home with his like dislocated leg. Oh my god! Him. Wow.
4: My
0: God. <laughs> he sicked war dogs on him. And, oh, I, wow. He has not uh, mentioned uh, that. Uh, <laughs> that is I, hilarious. I, just, I just love
3: that. Yeah. By, by the way, don't run. What? <laughs> oh oh my God. You know, I,
1: I, I know that we're wrapping. I know we're, <laughs> we're ending here, but I, I got to tell you, um, a great fun quarantine movie late night, Saturday night, mm-hmm. get some popcorn going. Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters was oh, so fun and like crazy, like just com- like like how many things, how many creatures can we pack in a movie <laughs> at the same time? And and you're right in the fucking middle of it. <laughs> yeah. What? Why?
3: How? Why? What? The wow! What? Well, shooting those things is you know it's like. Everybody's super nice And you know The director was great And everything But shooting those things is like It's like the death of joy Yeah <laughs> I mean You know Because you just have to do it Over and over Because they have to lay in All the um, mm-hmm. You know All the The special effects And we're shooting Like There's <laughs> a scene like In Antarctica And we're in Atlanta In, <laughs> August, in <laughs> August In Parkas in this, Like Yeah. Toxic shutdown uh, (laughs) factory where they have just a football field full of uh, salt.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Wow. Um, They're blowing soap (laughs) in the air. We (laughs) We have air conditioners inside our down uh, uh, suits, it was
2: really crazy. Oh, wow, my
1: god. Well, it's uh, a look, do you uh, I know that you use uh, d- Twitter a little bit, um, because because I've uh, seen it, yeah, because uh, because you you and I follow each other on Twitter. Oh, oh yeah, or maybe that's yeah, the, baby, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's awesome. Do you use uh, the, any other social media so that people can follow you and,
3: and uh, keep in you touch? know, I uh. My Instagram, there's like some problem with it. I occasionally get hacked by mm.
2: right wing loons. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah.
3: But it's basically Twitter and um, uh, Instagram. So, what's your Twitter? I think it's Bradley Whitford. It's just
2: Bradley. Okay, yeah, Bradley, it's Whitford. Bradley Whitford.
3: Yep. Um, uh,
1: Solid where, choice. Where can, people, uh, where can people get you, Mr. Mike Black? Where can people find you?
2: On all social media, at Mike MikeBlackAttack. Real that is, easy.
1: Yeah, that is true. What about you, Mr. Matt Walker? Where can people get you? Uh,
2: I have links to everything at funnymatt.com, and if you're upset by anything I said today, let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. com. <laughs>
1: and- <laughs> People actually do do that, yeah, Bradley. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, people, uh, you can always find me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-P-H-E-N Glickman, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, all the different places, all 57 places, LinkedIn, <laughs> come find me. Um, Jesus. I know. All 57 <laughs> varieties. Such... It's very hard to keep up with it all. Um, but it is an absolute honor to uh, to talk to you. And thanks again so much for doing this, man. Hopefully we'll get to My talk My pleasure. Again it was
3: fun. We'll do it live. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good Bill O'Reilly impression. That was great.
2: There we go. Thank you, Bradley. Have a good one, buddy.
4: Thank you. Bye. -bye. Oh.